millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily. Just some of the uh, hand-picked bits oh, from this afternoon. That'll show. do podcast. The, the that'll do podcast. <laughs> no, that's, 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 not, not that's not fair. Now... Um, <laughs> We had a bit of a chat. You, you, we talked football initially because mm. you saved your Edinburgh review because you just got back uh, from yes, the festival yes. in a little section later on. Where you, well, it was very lovely, wasn't it? Really? But, yeah, you uh, talked us through some of that. I think you brought some of it back to sport. I think. Yeah, I think I might have done. And uh, then we basically yeah. we went back into the vaults, didn't we? Yes. Last September, when news broke that the transfer deadline was going to be brought forward just in the Premier League, not around the rest of Europe. We chatted to Peter Coates, the uh, Stoke chairman, of course, then a Premier League side. And um, it was quite interesting. So we replayed that today and got the thoughts of uh, Michael Calvin, author and journalist. Um, let's, let's be honest, we did it because it makes us look good because we were right and he was wrong. Well, no, we didn't do that. I think we, I think, well, because we felt he was wrong at the time. We couldn't, no, no, we, we couldn't were, we get right his argument. The, no, no, we were right at the time and we've been proved subsequently right now. Well, okay. Uh, that, that, here it all is. I came back and I watched the cricket highlights. It was tremendous. Yeah, and all th- I had three. I'd seen the first two days, but I hadn't seen anything of the last three days. And I, other than following it online, it's not quite the same, really. And uh, oh, England played well, didn't they? But what a mm. wonderful Test match! I mean, really, yeah. everything you want from Test cricket. It just swung back and forth in a way that only a Test match can. Exactly. It's very strange. Michael Michael Vaughan on Channel Five. <clears> he, kept, <throat> he kept calling Ravi Ashwin, Ravi Chandran Ashwin, R Ashwin. And at one point he said, bold on change in the first session did R. Ashwin. Yeah. <laughs> so northern. Could you be more northern than yeah. that? R. Ashwin. R. Ashwin. It was tremendous. Mm. And uh, and some of the umpiring, you know, and we'll talk, maybe talk about this later. Yeah. So many decisions. Either the reviews were overturned, they didn't review it, but it, they should have done because it was out. The one that Rashid, the last, when he got um, Ishant Sharma out in yeah. the second innings, that was like Mr. Magoo. Mm. How could the umpire not see that? Yeah. <laughs> so it's hit him straight ball, hit him in front of the stumps straight. How can that not be LBW? Umpire think... Magoo. I love the way Andy's raging about something that, that we dealt with over 48 hours ago. Like it happened about four minutes ago. Yeah. Anyway, I'm very excited. You told me. Mm. I didn't realise that the transfer deadline well, uh, yeah. will be approaching during our show. It's Five a... o'clock it closes. I, didn't right. I was talking to Jim yesterday because obviously he, I understand he has some sort of connection with transfer deadline. Yeah. Day. 
And he said, yeah, it closes at five. I've got to be honest, I thought it was the normal kind of madness at 11 o'clock. But I think um, this is tremendous. I'm so excited. We're like an hour to go. We're really going to be right part of the action. So what I've done... You, you don't want to miss that. Last hour of drive and it'll be bonkers. Oh, no, the window will tremendous. close in the first hour of drive tomorrow. Stay with Talk Sport. But I have, uh, I've ordered... Do you remember those yellow cheese ties we saw from that bloke in Moscow? Yeah, you bought one of them. I bought a couple for you and I oh, to wear look, during that, the show. That looked good. I thought we'd look good in the yellow tie. I did have an idea, though, that someone at Sky should turn the air conditioning off in the studio. Mm on deadline day and see if Jim can keep his tie on be like really sweating remember that film broadcast news with Albert Brooks yeah. when he had to read, read the news and I think it could be quite good sweating cops yeah honestly Trey, we're going to talk about this later the clubs are just mad what on earth yeah. why would you leave it all to the last day yeah. well the whole point really was that um, they would get, clubs would get their business done early and we wouldn't be in this situation uh, just over 48 hours before it closed with the same sort of KB scramble we had when it closes at the end of the month. KB scramble is tremendous, what isn't it? What a player he was, a fine did. cricketer. But, you know, you look at... I, I, Liverpool are run by FSG. They, yeah. they, they they know about baseball, they know about American sport, and they, they've brought this into English sport. They've basically looked at the players that they've got. Yeah. They've looked at the, what the manager needs. They've looked at what they can maximise players they can sell who don't want to be there. Then they've looked at players like Andrew Robinson, Robinson rather, who's you know the right sort of profile and the right yeah. price. They put it all together. They, put, they did their business early. They bought one bloke in a year in advance. They bought, you know, they brought in a, a goalie that they've identified that they needed that cost seventy million, but they had the money for him. They've run it properly. Yeah, that's what you have to do. I can't. I don't, my own club. I don't understand what Abramovich and Granovsky are doing. I don't understand this idea of not. You know, why did they leave it so long to fire Conte? Everyone's saying, <clears throat> "Oh, well, sorry for sorry, he's only had three weeks." He didn't have to have only have three weeks mm. with the team. He could have had the whole of the summer yeah. to identify what he needed, and you know he could. Have... Well, it was pretty clear Courtois wanted to go when it um, yeah. at the end of last season. He wanted to go back and stay with his family in Madrid. So sometimes you think, look, let's do, look, cut our losses. We'll just, we'll just have him. to get it done, just and then you can done. bring somebody in. I do not understand this procrastinating, this ridiculous way of doing stuff, and then oh. Kovacic, he seems to be available on a loan. Hmm. You know, you've never really looked at him. He isn't really what you need. And this is this constant thing of bringing in players. Why do you need all these midfielders when you've got Loftus-Cheek? Loftus-Cheek, I can tell you now, he's going to go out on loan, isn't he? Yeah, you know he like is. It. It's pathetic. Absolutely, the way they run it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I've loads of fans of clubs, just especially in the Premier League, just look at the club and think, what on earth are you doing? You don't know the strength of this story, but if it's true that Manchester United look at they spend 50 million quid on Jerome Boateng, did they watch him in the World Cup? He was Germany's worst player, and that is a proud boast. That is saying something. And it makes no sense. It makes If they want Harry Maguire, they're Manchester United. They've got the money. They can afford the money. They've got enough players. They can, they've got enough centre-halves. They can sell a couple, raise the money. They've got good it's players. it's too other... late now. Well, it's too late. But if they yeah. wanted Maguire and he was... You go to Leicester, they go, he's 70 million. You go, OK, he's 70 million. Hmm. That's what City do. They, they put in the best manager in the world, the best general manager in the world. They give them the money. They identify the players. They want the player. They buy him. Yeah. That's it. That's what they do. And I can't understand Manchester United I don't understand the way they're running it and the way that it's ridiculous to be fiddling about like this how many sort of centre-halves that Mourinho doesn't want are they going to have before they find one that he does want why not just buy the one he wants well I, I suppose you'd say I'm Van Dyke, wouldn't you people were saying oh 75 million or oh, they've, they've dropped one there but um, even Tancredi was tweeting the other day he thought it was over the top but I think it's fair to say he's transformed them. And in this current market, the mayhem where, you know, Yerry Mina, mm. they want 30 million quid for a bloke. 
after a couple of half-decent World Cup games and some towering headers when he was 10 million to Barcelona last year. <laughs> Barcelona probably can't believe their no. luck. They're thinking 30 million quid for a bloke that we don't even want. I mean, really? I mean, he was he was all right at the all World right, Cup. Yeah, he's he's defensively, okay. yeah, okay. He got up for some good headers, but he's not a striker. He's not, he's not Peter <laughs> You're Crouch. not buying him to he's do that. He's a defender, no. and he looked, he looked pretty raw. So... But some of the business, some of the prices are just ridiculous. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. So you, there you were, Andy, at the Edinburgh Festival. Yes, just for that, I should say today's Rita Ora. Oh, right, okay. about kits. Yeah. It's got a football theme today. Today's Rita Ora story is Rita wears uh, a dress made out of uh, old football shirts, Paris Saint-Germain football shirts. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. Do you know how much it costs? <laughs> Two thousand one hundred and seventy-five quid. Well, that's what they all cost, isn't it these days? <laughs> that's right. God, it's a bit too if much you, for kids, isn't if you it? Want the actual one that the players wear. <laughs> that's the high-tech three one. Three and a half grand. The one with very good wicking. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, well done to Rita. I've noticed Dua Lipper has taken over. She's like the new Rita Aura. She, Is she really? Yeah, well, you, if, you, if you can't get Rita, get Dua. Okay, fair that's enough. That's what they say. Good. Yes, so I was in I was in Edinburgh. You were at the Edinburgh Festival, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all as always very enjoyable. If you've never been, uh, <clears throat> mind you, it's not cheap. It's a it's a quite an expensive weekend. How much are you paying per show when you're up there? Yeah, it's, it depends because when you go the first weekend, some shows are a bit cheaper, but uh, it can be anything from seven pounds to twelve pounds per show for an hour. Which That's not bad. No, but if there's two of you and you go and see fourteen shows. Oh, it yeah. all mounts up. It mounts I'm not going to do the maths now. I'm no, no Mike Parry. It does mount up. Yeah. And uh, we stopped off on the way on Tynemouth. What a lovely place. Yeah. That's a sort of hidden secret. I never knew that place existed. It's just right. not far, about 25 minutes from the centre of Newcastle. So you got off the Beautiful. train in Newcastle. You yeah. broke your journey back. No, on the way there. Oh, on the way there. Beautiful, oh, nice. yeah. Lovely beach. Lovely place. I really like that place. Nice. Yeah, so it was good. Then we went on to Edinburgh. And uh, as you know, I can't tell you how this happens, but my wife's got this ability to always get us in the front row. There's yeah. A, there's a system at Edinburgh that none of the tickets are actually numbered. There's no seats. You just basically, you get your ticket for the show. That means you'll get in, mm. uh, but you have to queue. So the, obviously the nearer you are to the front of the queue, the nearer you'll be to the front of the stage. Yeah. And we're always in the front. I can't tell you how she does it, but it's a, <laughs> it's a secret. And, uh, it's a secret. It is a secret. And she's very, very good at it. She's got what I think you term chutzpah. I think that's right. Well, I like that. Tottenham chutzpah. Tottenham chutzpah. You know what yeah. that means. She could play for Tottenham with the amount of chutzpah she's got. Yeah. And and, uh, but it's it's starting to backfire a little bit because, uh, like for example, we were at Lucy Porter's show and she's just about she's sort of going into opening things and suddenly she goes, "Oh, hello, Andy, how are you doing?" Like <laughs> oh yeah, fine, thanks. Because you're in the front row. We're in the front so row. So she gets you in the front row. Yeah. But because you have a, a, very, a very very small measure of micro celebrity <laughs> yes. and you're known to some of these it's comedians, right, yeah. <laughs> they spot you and, and but yeah. then some of them they don't know who you are and they just pick on you. Anyway. Pick on you. Well, we went to this thing called Comedy in the Dark. I can't say. I'd recommend it we came bottom in our on our list it's basically very it changes oh, so you every put day. a list together you and your friends you put a list uh, yeah together we do a voting you, at you the do end like of a league show. table oh yeah we did a league table yeah oh okay and uh, comedy in the dark came last oh actually. dear but uh, what's it what, what's the what, story what, is, it, is it kind of it is what it says on the tin yeah, yeah. basically you, you go in there it's dark the comedian comes on you see him for one second then the lights go out 
that he does his act and he's reacting to your laughter, but he can't see you, so he can't play with the audience. Does he? Does he tickle you? Does he? It's is it like being on a ghost train? Is it? And uh, so a bloke asked him. I don't know why they could, that guy was hosting, and he asked me what I did for a living. So I said what I did. And, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that's no good. I could make it up. Couldn't I? I could say I was a plumber or something. Should have said that. Better, yeah. And uh, and sometimes it's good. Sometimes there's a sort of bit of recognition. People go, oh, talks what can be a bit of a murmur. And sometimes it's like not a thing because let's be honest, the Edinburgh middle class crowd is probably not the same as the <laughs> Talksport audience <laughs> as such. To, well, I, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I like think there's some crossover. Well, there was a bloke well. unloading a. Lorry uh, in the middle of uh, Georgia Fourth Bridge. He went, "Hello, Andy. How are you doing?" So he obviously well, there we are. The show, See, there that's you your heartland. That is our heartland. And uh, especially so, if he's looking for insurance at the moment. <laughs> and I'm sitting exactly. And I'm sitting in uh, this other show, mm. uh, which is basically uh, I probably shouldn't name him because I, I, I didn't think it was a great show. But okay. basically, he, he does fifty magic tricks in in fifty minutes. Now, okay. well, no, I'm, to be fair, I'm guessing there's no, no. not a lot of people who are doing that at the show. So you've not named him, but you may as well. <laughs> to have be done. fair, everybody else in the party loved him. Yeah, I was the only one that didn't. For me, it was like being at Hamley's. I just thought this bloke's demonstrating tricks to me. I like a bit more mystery about my magic. You know. Do you like you like? Think a, of a number. Think of a number. What's the number there? It is twenty five. Yes, yeah, twenty five. You like there Debbie McGee to come early. on and sort of yeah, swish I like a bit out. more stuff. Anyway, he called me up and because uh, I was in the front row, and he and he did a trick with me, and he asked me who you, I sir, was. And, you sir, the man with the beard. It was quite mind clever because he, he did this thing where he transferred a, a sort of as well as a, a other part of the trick where he transferred a, a an X onto my hand. Yeah, I suppose he did it before. I don't know how he did it. It was pretty clever. Well, it's magic, Andy. It's None magic, of us yeah. know how it's done. And uh, that was quite good. And then uh, and did he did he take the Mickey a bit or sort of? Yeah, the same sort of thing really. It was that was a bit of a here he is from Talk Sport. Have you ever heard of it? No. Oh, <laughs> no, they didn't say. Oh, it you're like making that. you're making us all feel special <laughs> today. Well, it wasn't so much that. It was just you know you can tell if you know if there was a sort of massive round of applause. Well, what, what, the, what, what do you want from this, Andy? It's not, I've got, it's not about you, is it? It's not about me. You're just itself. a bloke called in random and you suddenly want a massive round of applause. I don't want a massive the bloke who did 50 tricks didn't get a massive round of applause. <laughs> and no, he didn't really. Well, saying, he did. No, he, did, he got a round of applause. He got him good. Go People down, liked it. Go down. I don't know. Say you're a rectologist. Mm. Say, just go down. A, a, well, you know what I mean. Just sit, <laughs> tell me they're not really going to ask you. A proctologist. Well, yeah, proctologist. I think they've changed it now. Well, I just, yeah. I think I, I'm old. Old school. I use the old name. Oh, do but you really? Just say you do that, and, and we then were... no one's gonna, no one's gonna. I was gonna say no one's gonna probe you any further. But <laughs> no, that's true. It's like Roy Hudd. And often in Edinburgh, what happens is the shows run into each other, which is the other thing. Like you'll have a show booked at seven, and then have oh, a yeah. show booked at eight, and you've got no time to get to the next show. So sometimes you have to make a decision. Either they don't like you coming in late, do they? I don't like you coming in late, but. I went to see Justin Morehouse because I saw him do five minutes on Mervyn Stutter and I thought it was so funny. I thought this will be a great show. Yeah. And it was. It was a terrific show. Five stars. But Justin. I had to Not explain work. to uh, Justin's people that I would be leaving early. Has Justin got people? Oh, Justin's got people up there. Yeah, wow. Of course he has. How well, many people has he got, Justin? Well, one. He's changed. He's changed. <laughs> well, not Max really. He's going to have to talk about his people and Max somebody... and Barry. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But he he, uh, he basically... Uh, he... Does he have a hype man? Does he have a... Well, no, he just has a one bloke who said, oh, I, I understand you've got to leave early. I've told Justin oh, okay. that uh, you'll be going. <laughs> so he stops the show. Yeah. With 10 minutes to go. Oh, we sat at the back. So I did didn't... you get a round of applause? Did you left? Well, my, my wife who yourself. sat in the front with her friend. Yeah. They, Justin says, well, I'm... I, these people have got to go early, so I'm not. I don't want to do my last bit. I'm so embarrassing. I don't want to do my last bit. It's a very good bit. You can go now, sort of thing. So no, in a nice way. Yeah. So they they Would you like leaving before the finale. Yeah, well, I didn't like. I don't like to do that. But no. anyway, so because he, 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 he might end show. with a big song, he doesn't need you 
shuffling out. No, he doesn't. You don't want that. It's always a bit. And and whenever I see Kevin Day, he always has a go at me about not seeing anything that he's done or yeah. got anything to do with. So I, and I was very glad I did. I went to see a play that he directed, yeah. which was Sid by Arthur Smith. Yeah. Arthur Smith, of course, you hear his voice in adverts. Yeah. I mean, he's a well-known comedian. Yeah. It was about his dad. It was a really terrific thing with Kevin's wife was in it as well. So, uh, And he was there, Kevin, and I was hoping he could see me. He was sitting at the back and I was sitting in the front. Yeah. Because otherwise he'll well, he could have maybe started stick. that round of applause for you. <laughs> Done the Anyway, all in all, very good. Mark Steele, fantastic. Go and see that, yeah. Go and see that. Palace Tremendous. fans. Uh, the Pin, I've not heard of them. They were brilliant. Uh, two young fellas. I think they've done a couple of series on radio. That was excellent. Really funny and original and different. Yeah. And uh, and a couple of plays I liked as well. So, yeah, all in all, now, jolly good stuff. You might be thinking, well, I'm not going to Edinburgh. Who cares? But these are basically, they, they start there, then they go around the country. Comedians or they, oh, yeah. they, then they, they end tour up, Then they stuff. end up on your telly. So you're getting, whether they're on the telly or whether they're coming to a theatre near you, you're getting first dibs. Like Andy Jacobs. <laughs> Five star review. Just if you do see him, though, just give him a round of applause if you see him in the street, because it obviously it does bother him if he doesn't get one. I'm always amazed that people. I always advise people who go to Edinburgh to go and see Mervyn Stutter's Pick of the Fringe. Oh yeah. You start your day at twelve forty-five. You'll see seven acts from the Fringe. It'll be theatre, it'll be comedy, it'll be dance, it'll be music, it'll be different. Every act's different. Every day is a different show, and you just see. Just good stuff that you think, oh, yeah, I'll go and see that, or yeah. I'll go and see that. And it's a really, I, I'm amazed that people, more people, well, it's always sold out, but, you know, I would, if I was going to Edinburgh, I would never not go and see this show. Well, so. thank you, Andy. Thank you for a little showbiz round. There you go. Um, you're, you've been telling us about those guys that only scored against you and didn't seem to score against anybody else. Uh, Joe says, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel. Uh, scored a opening day equaliser against us, Everton, on his debut for Norwich. Mm. And I said after the game, but he never scores again. Uh, sure enough, he didn't. So uh, this is off El Hamidi and uh, Hutton both scoring against mm. Hull last night. I think El Hamidi two years since he'd scored and Alan Hutton a massive four. So what's it like to be on the end of that? You're telling us tales of when players only yeah. seem to score against you. I hope Villa have a good season, actually, because I think the, the owners have done well to stick with Steve Bruce. It could have been very easy mm. not to. And, you know, and obviously, if, if they don't make a good start to the season, he'll be under pressure. So, you know, not, I've got an affection for Hull too, but I was, you know, I, I was Good result for Villa. Indeed. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible Berry Chantilly Cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We're going to transport you back to the 7th of September uh, 2017. It was the day that the Premier League chairman voted to um, unilaterally close the transfer window early. And of course, we close on Thursday at the end of the month for the rest of Europe. So we decided we would uh, go it alone. I don't think the the sentiment Mm. we necessarily disagree with. I think everybody felt if we all did that, that was a great idea. But of course, we were doing it uh, on our own. We couldn't understand it and we were very lucky that day to speak to one of the uh, Premier League chairman, uh, then Premier League chairman, Peter Coates from uh, Stoke City. So we put our questions to him and this is this is what unfolded, part of what unfolded anyway. Well, we thought it was better to have it, uh, the transfers done before we start the season. We think it's better for everybody. We all know where we are. We've, we've done what we have to do and uh, I think it, I, I think it's better for I think he's better at football, better for our football. But we, we're not still playing about with it two weeks after the start of the season. Is, is it quite brave that we're doing this unilaterally, that we're going alone um, and uh, the, the Spanish uh, window and the French and the German and Italian windows are all still open and they could go in and just pick off players from the Premier League still? I don't think they can pick anyone off because you can't pick anyone off if you don't want to sell, do you? can they? They can't make you do anything. Uh, yeah. So and, and 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 I think it will force them to understand we finished at the start of our season. So uh, they'll have to they'll have to do things within that time frame if they want to do it. it nobody makes you sell a player. So if if they haven't done it and uh, by then, uh, obviously it'll put pressure on them to make sure they do do it by then. Well, you say nobody has to sell a player, and of course you're technically absolutely right, but we all know how it works, and we all know what players do. We, 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 and we, we do know how it works, but the fact is, I mean, some, we've had some examples this year of very high-profile players and very high-profile clubs that haven't sold their players, and therefore you can make it work. And, and, but but it, 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 we, we easily send out a message to agents, to players, look, we finished. Before, our, before we kick off, we haven't done the deal by then, uh, we won't be doing a deal. So you, you've got that extra uh, extra incentive A to get it done if you want to get it done, and that, that sanction that, look, we're not going to do it. It's just up to you. Uh, if, if you want to do this deal, you better get on with it and do it before we close. Players like Sanchez and Coutinho, you're absolutely right, Pete. They weren't sold, but they were unsettled, and you could argue they still are unsettled. So but, but it's that, not clear-cut, is it? That, that, has no, that has no impact on this argument. But a player it's not relevant to this argument, is it? I mean, well, in fact, it would have the argument would have closed two weeks earlier. <laughs> well, uh, not really, because the the, the foreign window is well, still really the, the, no, 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 really, because really, the yeah, foreign because, window is still well, open. No, no, look, you don't have to sell, and we tell him to we, we we can sell we can say to any football club in in any other parts of Europe. Look, we're closing then, so if you want to do a deal with us. Make sure you do it in time. But why can't they do it in time? There's no, no problem. But why, why didn't they then make it? Well, why do you need from the end of the football season to to August, the end of August? Well, why do you need all that time? No, you, you don't. Do. But 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 you, you, but you need you to. But you need to end at the you, same you, day, don't you? You just, you just don't need. You just don't need all that time. 
And it, it's better. And they, 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 who knows, they may fall in line eventually. In an ideal world, Peter, that would be the case, wouldn't it? I mean, apparently... Well, I, the, the world's never ideal, as we know. And I, but I just don't see... I, I, I don't see anything... Any, 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 I don't see any real downside in this at all. Wonder how Peter feels about that now. I mean, if you even look at the situation with one of his own players, Jack Butland, there's still yeah. question marks over where he's going to be. So I think you sensed in that Peter felt like maybe a lot of chairmen did that all the business would get shifted along. It all get done so much earlier. But here we are. But you can have a twelve. Sort of you can have a twelve month transfer window, and then it still leave it. Certain clubs yeah. would leave it to the last day, thinking they'll get somehow they'll get a bargain. I mean, you didn't have to sell Shakiri, but you did. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work like that. You know, in the end, Coutinho was always going to leave Liverpool. It didn't go in that window. But this year, he might have done. This year, Barcelona would have an extra three weeks to try and tempt him. Yeah. Would have left him even more unsettled. Listening to that uh, unfold, was a friend of the show, journalist and author, uh, Michael Calvin. Hi, Mike. Afternoon, chaps. It's interesting, isn't it? I think kind of the sort of revisionist take on this now is interesting. Jason Burt writing in the Telegraph today, who, well, I think like a lot of us, was kind of thinking... It's great. If, if Europe falls into line with this, this is the right thing to do, to close the window before the season starts. But the moment they didn't, I thought it was not brave, but foolhardy for the Premier League to go alone. Uh, absolutely. And I, I had a sort of an irresistible image form in my mind when I was listening to that of, of Peter sort of standing on the cliffs of Dover and shouting at the continent, you know, <laughs> without, without it being completely aligned. It's just a futile gesture, and uh, you know I would never uh, accuse you know an owner uh, and a good community owner like Peter Coates of being naive. But frankly, that did sound naive, and it sounds even more naive today because, to be honest, you, you know you should you should have got subs from madness on because this is what was going on at the moment is absolute madness. Mm. You know they call it madness. <laughs> we've got players now, or we've got recruitment strategies which are really being dictated by either managerial ego or the greed of agents. You know, there's selective briefing and a, a whole heap of pure panic out there in the moment because, um, you know, they, as you said earlier on, um, Paul, clubs wait until the last moment to try and get the best deal possible. And, you know, it, what we're doing now is we're having this circus three months, uh, sorry, three weeks earlier, aren't we? Of course, yeah, exactly. But it, it's amazing how much these clubs, I was just talking to Adrian about this outside, that the, 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 they don't think about the football. They think about the money. They think about, can I get a good deal here? Can I save some money there? Can I, instead of thinking about, give the manager his squad, at least, like, like Liverpool have done, they're the best yeah. example this summer. You know, Klopp has had that squad together for about four or five weeks now. They've played. They look it. They look sharp. They're going to start the season. What well, you can tell, you know. And so, it's just a very odd thing that these clubs think that it's so much more important to, you know, if you look at Chelsea, what they did with Conte. What a mad thing to do not to fire. They were always going to fire him. So why not fire him, you know, after the cup final? Why wait till the preseason's already started? It makes no sense financially or anything. Even if you are trying to save some money and paying him off, you know. If you start badly and, and, and poor old Sarri's got, you know, he's up against it, what's the point? I don't get the way these clubs are thinking. Well, there's no succession planning policy, which is, you know, what any decent multinational business, you know, uh, abides by. What we've got with football clubs at the moment is the process of recruitment should be a medium to long term strategy. You know, you're looking around, okay. 
player X is, is up in his contract in, in 18 months. We'll monitor him for, for six, then try and get him at, with, with 12 months to go. What's tending to happen now, so if you take, well, the two, the two clubs, I think, who are basically winging it at the moment are Manchester United, whose recruitment policy, I say, seems to be dictated either by the mood of Jose Mourinho or the commercial imperative of Ed Woodward, and neither the, ne, never the twain shall meet in that one. Chelsea, you've got um, you know one of the best goalkeepers in the world. In, this is his second day on strike, isn't it? Um, you know that is probably looking like one of those deals which will be done after Thursday at 5 p.m. Where because he's going to Real Madrid, there'll be some sort of loan deal done, and then he's away. So I just I can't see the sense in this, mm. and also the people who are profiting. If you take a small example of, of, of today, it looks like uh, Bournemouth, and I'm not trying to single them out here because it, that's a progressive club. They're signing the Colombian uh, Jefferson uh, Lerma mm-hmm. from Levante for around about £25 million. Um, They've spent £40 million pounds on two players, Lerma from uh, Levante and Rico from uh, another smaller Spanish club. Those two players were signed two years ago by those Spanish clubs for 1.6 million uh, euros. Mm. So, in other words, those two small Spanish clubs, whose budget is pretty minimal or very minimal compared to Premier League clubs, have made a profit of around about 38 million euros out of two players because of the Premier League. Mm. Well, I mean, Yerry Mean is another example of a £10 million player last year. Suddenly he's a £30 million player when he's barely played for Barcelona. Manchester United, interestingly enough, were one of the five clubs, City, Palace, Watford and Swansea, who voted against the window closing early. Jose said at the time he'd prefer the window to close as soon as possible. He probably thought that it would just give Ed Woodward the hurry-up. So I wonder how he views that now. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's also what's tending to happen now, what we're getting is players who are basically the equivalent of, you know, that T-shirt you see in the sale, which has got a suspect, suspect stain on it, <laughs> you can get for, you know, for, for next to nothing. You've got a player like Lucas Perez, who frankly has, has disappeared without trace at Arsenal. He's suddenly worth £4 million and could go to, to West Ham. Mm. Um, and that is, you know, there is a fee, uh, there is a sort of a premium on that fee, simply because of the time in which he's being, he's being signed. You know, West Ham... Fair play to them. They've, they've, they're investing probably now about 100 million uh, and counting. We'll discover over the rest of the season whether it's wisely spent because the other thing is we're entering into the new season. You've got squads which are overloaded with new players who will take time to bet in. So it'll be very interesting to see how, how it all plays out competitively. Yeah. You know, as opposed to what's going on, you know, with the you know, with the bank manager. Sure. And the other one, if you look at Spurs and you look at, it looks like Grealish is going to go there. He's, he's booked mm. to go to a, a medical in London. You'd imagine it is Spurs. And again, you just wonder what they're doing, Spurs. I don't understand the point of this. I know they're trying to get him for the cheapest possible price, but surely it would have been so much better to have bought him three or four weeks ago, so he could have spent pre-season with Pochettino. He could have played in the first few games when Spurs are really short of players, and it could make a difference at the end of the season of where Spurs finish maybe they don't finish in the top four maybe they do if they don't it's going to cost them 20 or 30 million where's the saving I just don't see this thinking this trying to get everything you know on a sort of penny pinching money level when you know football wise they Tottenham needed the player yeah well Daniel Levy is is notorious for his negotiating techniques as you obviously 
know, are aware. It looked like with the, the Grealish deal, for instance, that he thought, well, Aston Villa at the time were, were pretty potless. Um, I'll, I'll go and get this young, you know, fine young player uh, at a cut price deal. Suddenly, Aston Villa have new injections of money from Egypt. He has to pay somewhere around about the going rate for a, for a young player. You've got to look at Daniel Levy and say, well, is he overplaying his hand here? Here, here is a businessman essentially, uh, and you're you're looking at someone who is is trying to manipulate the figures and the people. So, you know, I would imagine that if we get Grealish in, you'll you'll see that someone like Moussa Dembele who's already turned down a £20 million move to Inter Milan, will probably end up leaving in the next 48 hours. Now, actually, I think he's a key player for them, but um, it sounds like Spurs have taken the view that he can be moved on. So it's just basically human Jenga. That's what we're getting on with here. <laughs> uh, Mike, good to talk to you. You're going to come see us in the studio in a couple of weeks to talk about your new book, State of Play. Yes, I am. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. Thanks, Mike. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Yeah. I think we might have our Bet365 account suspended there. Yeah. But anyway... And, and they won't sell Butland to Chelsea. You can forget that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying no. I reckon, you know, he stuck to his guns. He couldn't see a problem. He may just sit here and say, I still don't see a problem. I still think we did the right thing. But um, yeah. we'll never know. We'll okay. Never know. Um, well, we can try and get him back on. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a fine evening. 